You have three voicemails. The cases that we have seen successfully executed, for example, I'm sure you guys know of the um, direct social campaign. You can do a lot of advertising campaigns, but if your brand doesn't have any like recall power in the consumer's mind, then you don't have a brand. Hello there. Welcome to the show where we have the convos about Vietnam, you know. Hello there and welcome to Combo Comrades, a conversation with the community about Vietnam. Today long, we're talking about marketing and advertising. Are you an advertising expert at all? Me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I know uh, very little about uh, marketing, advertising and in that sort of space. So I'm very excited to be here today to learn more about it from a, uh, an expert. Yes, exactly. We've got an expert here and that's not long. Uh, her name is Kim. She is a senior concept manager at BizEyes PR and communications agency. She spent four years, I'm sorry, three years in Melbourne, Australia to complete her master's degree in communications design. And most importantly, very interestingly, she is also a fellow podcaster. So we actually found out about Kim through listening to her podcast. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we snooped around the internet listening to Vietnamese podcasts and we chanced upon her podcast. And her podcast's name is Những Câu Chuyện Lam Ngành. Um, I think that roughly translates to stories about the industry. So super interesting topic and great to have you here with us, Kim. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Today, Kim is going to shed some light into the industry about marketing, about advertising, you know, things that we're so keen to know more about. So let's get started with some definitions and concepts. So many different words, so many different words. Long, do you yeah. want to carry over then? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think best place to start any topic is to define it first. So I think I'm, I'm uh, suitable to, to talk about this because I know very little of these <laughs> concepts. So let's start with marketing, for example. Marketing, and, and oh, I have a few buzzwords in my head, you know, marketing, branding, advertising, yeah. etc. Yeah. But let's start with uh, the, the overall concept of marketing. I think marketing is the broadest term, right? Yeah, so it, it is. Uh, so it's yeah. the name of the discipline, it's the name of the whole practice. Um, and mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really broad. It actually is a lot broader than most people realize. And um, the definition of marketing is something that even many experts um, can't really, uh, it's not like they don't agree on, but rather there are a lot more versions, like many different versions of the definition floating around. That's why I uh, mm -hmm. just like naturally accepted by um, people in different markets and different uh, practices and, and such. Um, there is a, um, a definition that's uh, obviously the most widely regarded and accepted because it comes from the American Marketing Association. Like this is something that's mm -hmm. like pretty much every textbook will quote. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I'm just going to read it out to you guys because I cannot remember this. Like I cannot memorize this uh, at all. But yeah. okay, so marketing is the activity, set of institutions and processes for creating, communicating, delivering and exchanging offerings that have value for customers, clients, partners and society at large. Bloody hell, that is broad. 
So that is the definition that is the most widely regarded as the official definition for marketing because it comes from the Amer- American Marketing Association. But obviously, mm-hmm. reading that whole sentence out, I don't, I don't even really know exactly what it's saying. So um, I have my version of the definition that um, I chanced upon. Uh, in university, like back in my bachelor's degree, uh, mm-hmm. it was given to us by one of our professors at the time. And I think that um, it, it helps me understand the, the term a lot better, which is um, marketing is basically trying to find out what the customer wants and then how best to give it to them. So it is a lot more clearer in meaning, but it's not. It's it's deceptively, um, it, it's it's more deep than you think. Is um, yeah. so in finding out what the customer wants, that refers to the research and development phase. Because marketing has uh, like the first stage of doing any marketing is you have to do market research, you have to mm-hmm. find out customer behaviors, you have to mm-hmm. um, gather data and analyze them and things like that. So in that process, that how that's how you find out what the customers want. And then once you've got all of the findings from your research, the next step is to figure out how to best give them what they want. And that's where you involve things like distribution channels, customer services, sales um, programs, you know, post-purchase programs, um, promotions, mm-hmm. and of course, advertising. So... Mm-hmm. Even in that very short sentence, like marketing is figuring out what the customer wants and how best to give it to them, um, mm. it, it actually talks about the whole process. And I think that's the best way to describe marketing is the whole process across the consumer journey. Uh, once you uh, have the potential to become a customer until after you've purchased the product and has the potential to become an advocate for the brand or service or product uh, any organization is providing. And once a customer receives what they want in that process of exchanging uh, goods for money, that's how value is created for uh, the organization, for the stakeholders and for society. That's the last part in the AMA uh, definition there. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. that's interesting. Um, slightly different to Long. I did have a bit of marketing experience back in university, but that was a very academic focus kind of approach to it. Yeah. And I, I understand that marketing is super broad. So you know, marketing as a as a sort of academic practice, I, I think I, I sort of understand based on your explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you know, in large corporates, you've always got different departments, right? You've got HR, yeah. legal. sales, marketing, R&D. So it seems like that definition of marketing, it expands over to other departments as well. Yeah, definitely. So like in, um, I'll just use one case that I know relatively clear of, which is Unilever, Mm because Unilever is one of our biggest clients. So I kind of know a little Mm -hmm. bit about their uh, company structure. So in Unilever Vietnam, um, as an agency, as an advertising agency, we work primarily with the, the brand management team. So the brand mm-hmm. management team usually has, you know, the executive level, they will just be called marketing executive. And then you have uh, assistant brand manager and then you have brand manager and then uh, supervisor brand manager. Um, so that's the people that's 
specifically takes care of the promoting of the brand. Like they think they're, they're the one who briefs us on uh, what campaign they want to run next, what um, mm-hmm. branding activities are going to be rolled out and uh, things like that. And then this brand team, they works with, you know, the trade team. Uh, they works with the sales team. They works with R&D. All of those uh team in Unilever is separated because it's naturally like Unilever is such a huge corporation with so many different product lines and sub brands under it. So say the trade team like specifically takes care of um, distribution and in Mm -hmm. distributing all of those products, they have Mm -hmm. to have a really um, wide network and therefore it constitutes their own team. Um, Similarly with, um, you know, sales team, like they have to manage all of the overseeing all of the sales point of sales uh promotions all that stuff um so they they need their own team as well for anything like from you know that are dish soap to shampoo to all that stuff that unilever mm-hmm. um offers so those are all different departments in big corporations and as far as um concern most uh, global corporation that's uh, based in Vietnam is like that, like Coca-Cola, similar, Nestle, Pepsi, like all those corporations are kind of like similarly structured. I can't tell for sure because they're not like a, a client, like a, a retaining client for us mm-hmm. like Unilever is. But like I know from my studies and stuff that trade, like distribution, uh, sales promotion and stuff, it's actually um, a process, uh, like a part of marketing as well. I mean, if you know about marketing, you've definitely have heard of the, the four P's of marketing and um amongst those four p's like you know you have place basically where you sell the products that's distribution uh Mm -hmm. you have promotion which includes um advertising and uh, all of the um sales and and discounts and um all that um activities that you do to push um the product out there um geez i'm gonna be so embarrassed because i can't remember all of the four p's is it price and um, people yeah, yeah, like price also very closely related to um, sales as well because how you price your product determines who you're going to sell it to, where you're going to sell it, all that stuff. So if you're just based on all of the things that the marketing mix tells you, already it includes sales and trade in there. But in yeah. most uh, mm-hmm. corporations, uh, the practical demand of the job just requires you to have a separate departments for those things. Yeah. No. Okay. Fascinating. No, this is uh, eye-opening for me because <laughs> before I thought marketing is purely has something to do with advertising. Yeah. And that's it. But this is so much broader. But throughout my uh, research about marketing, right, I came across the term digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Can I ask if you know where does digital marketing fits within the, the okay, broader? Okay. So um, we just mentioned the marketing mix amongst. Mm-hmm. Those four P's. There's that 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 P uh, promotion. Now promotion is um, also a lot bigger than than the term promotion that we think of. Like we think of promotion as like you know they have discounts or they give you uh, presents with each purchase or whatever. But mm-hmm. promotion is actually the part of marketing mix that includes um, advertising and any other activity that basically makes the product more accessible and approachable mm. to the, the customers. 
And yeah. digital marketing, despite the name, like you think that it's just like, oh, it's 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 everything marketing, uh, but online, digital marketing actually belongs to promotion, which means that it's also it also focuses a little bit more on making the product more approachable and accessible to to the customers. Basically, you want to talk about like you know. Digital marketing would include advertising in there, but strictly digital um, platforms uh, like any mm-hmm. advertising activities that's on digital. Um, they talk about collecting and analyzing customer data, but also strictly mm-hmm. on digital platforms. Um, they talk about sales, like like promotion tactics, like vouchers and discounts and stuff, but also strictly on digital platform. So um, uh, it, it is kind of like a big part of marketing that anything that can be conducted on digital platforms, but the the focal point is to make the product more um, accessible and approachable to the customers. Okay, no, that makes sense. And uh, the next concept we have, uh, and you mentioned briefly, is advertising. So advertising sits within marketing, right? Yep, it uh, definitely does. So we can expand more a little bit more on advertising. So what what does it entail actually? Okay, so this is something a lot more um, down my alley. Basically, uh, when I first started doing the podcast, um, I actually had to explain to people over and over again that I work in advertising. I'm not a marketer because people mm. keeps coming to me for marketing advice and. Like seriously, all of the information that I gave you in answering the last two questions, that's all I know about marketing. I, I did not uh, go to school for marketing and currently I don't work as a marketer. My job is in mm. advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that I only know very little about uh, marketing and most of what I know would be advertising. Now, the original, like the the, the, the term advertising, when it first started out, basically just means that you tell your target customers about your product like you just do anything you can to tell people about your product like that's it that's that's the original definition of advertising when it first came out mm. and what does that mean that means that if you write a piece of on a piece of paper that like you have you, you sell the best um drinks in the in the neighborhood and you stick that piece mm-hmm. of paper you know in, in the in the town square That's advertising. Yeah. You're trying to tell people about your product. If you literally just like drag your cart around, yelling about your product, like come buy my product. I have this, yeah. that, the other thing, and it does that. Like if you just drag your, you know, like in Vietnam we have um, street vendors, uh, mm-hmm. those who just they just go around the city with their speaker phones or they um, they yell out about their product. That's advertising. Anything you do to deliver information about mm-hmm. your products to your customers that's advertising mm-hmm. now uh, that's the original definition and you also would have noticed that since then a lot of things happened uh, particularly okay. this little thing we call the internet um, mm-hmm. what yeah. happens with the internet is that something like advertising which used to be one-way communication now has the potential and demand to become two-way communication mm-hmm. uh, what that means is back in the day for the longest time like the golden age of advertising basically when you think of like the old school 
image of an advertiser, um, you know, the、mm. madman type of people back in like the 60s and 70s. All they did was billboards. They think of print ads. They、mm-hmm. put it on billboards. They put it on magazines. They think of radio and TV ads and things like that. That's one-way、yep. communication.、Mm-hmm. But these days,、uh, you have the internet. So if you think of a storyline like a script. For、uh, mm-hmm. an advertising video, when you post onto YouTube, you will have people feedback on it. They'll they'll tell you what they think about it. Or if、mm-hmm. you have any、um, new products coming out、uh, that you want to tell people about it, instead of simply telling them about it, you can make them play a game and then get a、mm. reward,、uh, and then they can interact with your brand and your product that way. So. Basically, what happened is、um, advertising these days is not simply about telling people about your product anymore. It's about engaging with people to deliver information about the the products to them. So、mm-hmm. that that's the definition of of advertising. Advertising. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it has evolved. It's become more multifaceted, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's um. Well, there's this quote、uh, that that、uh, most of us working in communication would know, which is uh, the medium is the message. Basically, like whatever, you, like whichever platform or format you deliver the messages, will decide what the message becomes. So these days, most of the advertising campaigns conducted on the internet, you know, digital marketing, that sort of things, and especially after the with this pandemic, all of my job these days is、um, engaging people through、um, digital platforms,、yeah. which means that the the whole process of Creating advertisements and you know planning for advertising campaigns and things like that, it has to change to adapt to the to the the situation.、Mm-hmm. So, what we've just mentioned is advertising, but then you also touched on communication,、mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that's also one of the term that、uh, I'd like to、okay. clarify more about. So, communication and also public relation is is those two. Sort of.、Um... Okay.、Um, I actually have a whole series of a whole video series on my channel called "What's the、uh-huh. Difference," and、uh-huh. that series is basically me trying to help people distinguish between these、uh, these definitions, like these these words.、Uh-huh. So、yeah. PR and communication. Um, that they they're the two words that get requested a lot, and I did a video on them not so long ago. So、uh-huh. um, okay, so so start with communication. Communication is the、uh, the practice or the discipline where you create a message and find out the most effective way to deliver it to your desired、uh, audience. So to create a message, a message can it doesn't necessarily just mean text. It doesn't necessarily just mean Words,、um, you know, it's not just the, the the content. Message can be visual. A message can be a song. A message can be,、um, you know, a piece、mm. of、um, a, 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 an artwork or anything like that. Like anything that signifies、yep. information is a message. And in crafting a message, that means you know a graphic designer works in communication, a web designer works in communication, a copywriter or a content writer works in communication. Any、mm-hmm. person that creates content, creates a message, creates information in any format,、uh, works in communication. And then once you have that piece of of message, another part of communication is figure out the. Most effective way to deliver it to your desired、um, audience. So that involves, you know, the the planning phase. Like you have strategic planner、uh, dev- uh, devising who your 
desired audience should be and uh, you mm-hmm. know which channel do they occupy the most uh, what time do they are they more susceptible to, to taking mm-hmm. in your message uh, you know how, how do you best get this message to them so that's that's communication and the, mm-hmm. the key difference here is as you've heard me talk about it it has nothing to do with selling a product or a service so <laughs> the government doing uh, those campaigns to tell people to you know observe the the, the rules to prevent COVID, uh, for example that's communication <laughs> they have to think of uh, various messages and they have to devise yeah. their different target groups like with different audience groups they will have different forms of messages and then they choose different channels to deliver it to them for example they will use TV and then they will use they use the radio and then these days they send you know text messages and Zalo messages to the people for example those are the mm-hmm. channels that they use to deliver the message so communication is purely about creating and delivering messages it doesn't necessarily have to do with marketing or advertising in the way that yeah. it doesn't really involve uh, selling any product or service. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about public relations, uh, it's the practice of building and uh, cultivating the relationship between an organization with its desired audience, uh, with the stakeholders. So, mm-hmm. um Basically, communication is like you can have any message and you deliver it to them. Public yeah. relations, the message is usually about how good you are. Uh, it's the, the message is usually about how, how beneficial you, it will be to, to keep a relationship with you. And then um, mm-hmm. you deliver it to, to, those, to those groups. And the difference between PR and communications, like as you can see from, my, um, like from the introductory part, mm-hmm. I work at a mm-hmm. PR and communications agency. So we do both PR and communication because in some mm-hmm. instances, communications have nothing to do with PR. Like if you do a communication campaign that target, I don't know, like we could do things like an employee branding campaign. An employee branding campaign is like you basically just advertise your company as like a... Um, uh, a good place to work at, for example, like people, you yeah. only need to advertise it to a group of students and your ultimate goal is to get them to apply to work in your company. Um, mm. The message is just simply about, you know, like how good your company is and all that stuff. Um, you don't have to, I mean, you can do it year on year and sustain the relationship with the school, but with the actual candidates, like with the actual students and stuff, it's, it's it doesn't, you don't need to, to sustain that, that relationship because once they become your employee they're your employees and then the ones who don't become your employees you know whatever happens um or when we do things like just csr campaign like just well it's also a bad example because csr is is actually ultimately for for pr purpose but like i said like the communication like area is basically about creating and, and delivering message so sometimes the message can just be delivered to a group of people that is not your your publics you know like it's not it's not whoever that's like um public audience or mass audience that you're targeting uh but Mm. public relation you have to have a 
like a, a public audience. It has to be, you know, the the government. It has to be the media. It has to be your mass public, yeah, yeah, and and yeah. and it has to be about cultivating a long term uh, relationship. So, for example, in PR, one of the very common practice is uh, media relations. Which is uh, mm. basically like trying to keep a good relationship with media personnel, like journalists and such, yep. because once if you have like a crisis or if you have news or whatever that you want to uh, deliver, um, mm-hmm. having good relationship with journalists will really come in handy. And in yep. doing that, in order to keep a uh, a good relationship with journalists. A lot of the time, it all comes down to like you know sending them gifts on their birthday, or having like <laughs> gatherings. Mooncake. Yeah, like just hanging out <laughs> with them, sending them uh, present over TED and and other holidays and such. And so there's nothing that has to do with communications there, but it's it's public relations. It's it's you know keeping the relationship going so that it will benefit you one day. Fascinating, and that's very unique to a market like Vietnam. You wouldn't hear of that in uh, the UK. Well, not really. Okay, so so in Vietnam, it, it does have a very unique media landscape, in which mm-hmm. uh, we have certain like advertisers have certain control over what we can um, spread on the the media. So mm. we can actually pay money to so, like to news outlets to um, you know to put up content that we want like we call them booking articles like you basically you mm. write an article or you write down an outline for a whole article and the yeah. journalists would just put it up for you and you just pay mm-hmm. money for it like you buy a slot on the newspaper basically yeah mm-hmm. and that practice is generally frowned upon internationally because obviously you know the freedom of press and and the ethics question and things like that mm-hmm. um so because obviously when you get paid to say something, how, how objective can it be? But keeping a good relationship is still a basic and, and common practice in PR everywhere. It's just that in other industries, like in, in different countries, it's just not going to be closely related to any specific uh, brand or product. Like in Vietnam, it, it's very straightforward, like, you know, like we're going to keep a relationship with these guys and they will know for a fact that we represent whatever brand or product and um, usually when we need something put on the newspapers we can actually it depends on how much you want to pay but a lot of the time we can actually decide it down to like the exact script of mm-hmm. the article mm-hmm. being printed but mm-hmm. um, in other industries like especially in the west what you would do is uh, you just keep a relationship you just keep a relationship with the whole department of, of the outlet as like just just to have like a, a partnership relationship going mm-hmm. on so say if you're an, like, if you have clients who are you know, a cosmetics brands or um, fashion brands or, for, or whatever, then you want to keep a good relationship with Vogue or Cosmopolitan, things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. you don't keep a relationship with any individual in general, but you mm-hmm. will still want to keep a good relationship with the editor-in-chief. You still want to have, you know, certain like uh, gatherings um, on special occasions, like work dinners, galas, things like that, mm-hmm. just to keep a good um, professional relationship with whomever that's going to be in charge of the whole media outlet that would benefit your clients later on. So yeah, like media relations is just a, a part of 
of PR. It just has like it just has little subtle differences um, from country to country. Yep. No, I completely agree. Okay. I think relationships are very important in business, and of course, you know, it's applicable to all markets. I w- yeah, I'll probably say that the the format and the way you convey how you maintain those relationships mm. is is yeah. is different. Yeah. Um, I think we've got one last concept, Long. Yes, it's a uh, branding. But let me quickly summarize, right? My understanding so far of the whole journey. Mm-hmm. So my understanding from what we've talked about is we first start with marketing. Is figuring out what your customer wants and then deliver it to them, right? Yeah. And then we talked about advertising, which is um, I assume once we've known what the customer wants yeah. and we've got this, a product. This is the process that you give them what they want. Yeah, yeah. giving it to them, uh, telling them about our products, and the way we tell them about our products is communication, yeah. right? So yeah. there are forms of communication, and in doing all of this, we need to maintain public relations with uh, various. Stakeholders mm-hmm. to well, to it's do basically best. a tool. Like PR is a tool for for marketing. Mm. Um, there have been a lot of like um, experts remain uh, like conflicted about this, but uh, some people say that PR be- like works under marketing. Like it's it's it belongs to marketing as well. And then some mm-hmm. people say that they're separate disciplines that just kind of work hand in hand. And I tend to agree with the second one. Like I do believe that PR stands alone as its own uh, discipline because you know these days everything is a PR style like, you know you have politicians yeah. you have um, celebrities they all need they all need PR but it's mm-hmm. not all about marketing it's not always about selling a product or service maybe selling an image but it's not it's really not what marketing is about so I, mm-hmm. I think that marketing and PR stand uh, like separate as two uh, standalone disciplines but in selling your products if you already have a group of uh, stakeholders behind you that that support you and um, just basically place a lot of trust in you then mm-hmm. your selling process will just go a lot easier especially in if Vietnam, for yeah, example, yeah. if a company like a corporation has the support of um, media and uh, government, mm-hmm. then uh, the whole process, like the whole marketing process, it's just going to yeah. go a lot smoother, a lot easier, cost a lot less money, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And all of this, I think, brings us to the last concept here, which is branding, right? Okay. So uh, the way we communicate, the way we maintain public relations, yeah. the way we advertise will sort of build our brand right so let's talk about branding well then. the thing about branding is um you you got to understand that not every organization that does marketing has a brand like that that's what mm. most people kind of misunderstand is that branding isn't about what you say branding is about what the customer recalls so mm-hmm. you can do a lot of advertising campaigns but if it's purely about your products and your brand doesn't have any like recall power in the consumer's mind, then you don't have a brand. So in mm. short, branding is the process of creating, like sculpting an image in the mind of the consumer in mm. order to uh, once again sell products, sell services or build a relationship with them. So it does mm-hmm. all it does come back to marketing, but the this, the practice is completely different. The the, mm-hmm. the difference here is that um, in doing branding you have to pay attention to what 
the consumers perceive of you. And um, yeah. it has a lot to do with sculpting things like your characteristics, how, how can the consumer recall who you are, what you are, what you're about. Um, so that, that's, that's where a lot of the things like, you know, a, a brand identity comes into it. Yeah. Like, mm. you know, what's the logo, what's the color, what's the font. Um, that's yeah. where you would have things like uh, brand characteristics or brand DNA. And these things are like, you know, like some brand will have a consistent vibe to them like some brands will always be like you think of apple you kind of almost can uh personify apple into a person you can imagine like if apple was the person what they're going to be like because they've done really good branding so that you Mm -hmm. can recall instantly what the brand is about what the characteristic is like um so yeah that that's the the example of uh, branding and not all companies that do advertising has a good brand because it also takes a lot of, it takes strategy it takes time it takes um commitment consistency in order to to build a brand and that's why branding in and of itself is also a separate discipline to uh, yeah. marketing and pr and advertising and all that yeah no definitely my the, my, my understanding before was, you know, branding is directly um, affected by marketing and, and advertising. But upon research, you know, it, it's much more, it's everything else. Yeah. It's all the other departments in the company as well. It's very yeah. broad, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because uh, once again, like branding, some these days extends to, you know, um, entities and organizations that have nothing to do with uh, marketing. For example, the army mm. has branding departments or uh, like the u.s army i mean like they they have a branding yeah, department yeah. or nasa they have a branding department or um you know any number of celebrities or um politicians any of them would have a brand so um yeah like like once again it stands separate with marketing because it doesn't always have anything to do with you know trying to sell people stuff yeah okay Fascinating. So from this sort of 30,000 foot perspective, helicopter view of all these concepts, shall we just zoom into advertising then? Because that's your bread and butter. So advertising industry in Vietnam, how would you characterize the different players in here? You know, you've got the clients, you've got the agencies, you've got the end customers. Mm -hmm. I'll leave it up to you. How how would you describe the industry here? Um, yeah, okay, so the the advertising industry in Vietnam, I would say, have about four key players, mm-hmm. four, five key players, yeah. So you have the clients, like the brand and the people who fund the whole thing, basically. They have, they have the product that they need to sell mm-hmm. uh, and they have the money to, to, to do that. Uh, those are the clients and then you have the agency so the agencies are basically the people that like they're the middlemen they they have the expertise mm-hmm. on how to best uh, make the product more accessible to to the customers uh, they will be the one who take the money to carry out um, advertising campaigns the third component of this big picture is the uh, customer obviously the one that will uh, consume the ads and mm-hmm. um, as a result of that decide to purchase the product uh, the fourth player would be the platforms now this is something that's very unique to this 4.0 era that we're, uh, that we're talking about mm-hmm. because uh, these days the platforms is uh, how that they're, they're how we uh, communicate with our 
the audience. So it's it's not just you know the 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 TV stations. It's not just the radio station. It's Facebook. Like we have to have a, a relationship with Facebook headquarters. We have to come yep. in contact with Google headquarters uh, regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you know there are different other platforms like Zalo. Like VNG is the company that create that platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. the platform like the they they're the they're the technology like the engine behind all of this uh and and that that's a, another key player of of the advertising industry and then the last one would be media so media is basically the the channel that that spreads the information like um you know like like news like zing vn express mm-hmm. um yep. yeah tv stations um you know podcast channels uh, anything that's owned by a content creator for example mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. like any any show or um program that can reach uh, a large group of audience that's mm-hmm. the media because that's where we will create the advertising asset that's how we will craft our communication message mm-hmm. and deliver it through those uh, those media channels so yeah those are the five i would say five oh well i kind of forgot they also like um the suppliers that we work with yeah as i was well about because, to ask <laughs> yeah um so obviously we a lot of the big agency would have certain in-house uh, departments like we have our in-house designer um animators mm. visualizers uh producers sort of a thing but obviously mm-hmm. we have to have work with film crews once in a while we have to work yep. with uh production factories so if we want to create promotion items and things yep. like that so yeah those uh those people definitely like yeah can't be without them yeah and yeah. i'd imagine further down the supply chain you get those freelancers who work for those production houses so on and so forth yeah well um the freelancers are kind of just um yeah they they're the x factor they can work for any like you have freelancer you have freelancing writers who work for uh-huh. the media channels you have the freelancing um people who work for the agency like a lot of agencies uh, employ freelancing mm-hmm. uh employees and things like that but yeah like um they would usually fit into one of those um um chains and where do local governments or the government fit in are they a major player in this industry i'd imagine um, so i think it's only they could be a, a, a prominent player but in only certain category of products uh if you want to sell I don't, i don't know like shampoo like they don't really care that much mm-hmm. uh, obviously a lot of, all of it has to be approved to be sold on the market just like any other country like you can't just like put anything into a bottle and have it being distributed at at the supermarket like it has yeah. to like you have to be approved by the ministry of of trade and things like that but generally if you're not selling anything to um closely monitored then then they don't yeah. really they're not really a part of it but obviously at business like the nature of our agencies because we work in PR a lot of our clients are you know would naturally belong to the sector that are closely monitored like pharmaceuticals are uh, category of product that need to be closely uh monitored by the government because you know it affects people's health uh we have worked with um like alcohol brands and things like that mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. we've worked with um like vaccine brands real estate brands things like that so those 
category of products are those that are a little bit more high profile in terms of like being monitored by the government, then a lot of it needs to be approved. Like a lot more things need to be approved. A lot more things need to like we need to be careful and we need to yeah. make sure that yeah that, that the government's like on board with every step of the way. And just speaking on government, because uh, so that's the product side of things you talked about. But yeah. how about the marketing campaign side of things or advertising campaign? So in certain, for example, in Thailand, mm-hmm. I, uh, I have seen very provocative videos of a very simple product, mm-hmm. but it's it's it give a funny sense or you know way of communicating that idea. Okay. Uh, is is that also um, okay uh, so- required? Yeah, I understand what you mean. Like you're talking about like certain sense of humor or yes, certain yeah. imagery that you uh, depict in advertising. Uh, like yeah. you, obviously those things are absent in the Vietnamese advertising industry. But in reality, it's actually a lot of it's not from the government. Like a lot of the uh, risque thing that 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 got sh- um, crossed out of the uh, of the brainstorming room was actually uh-huh. because of the clients. Like um, we've done, like we obviously during the the brainstorm process, we had, we sometimes come up with like more risque ideas. We sometimes comes up with, you know, a little bit like uh, more out there humor that Mm -hmm, can be uh a little bit more disruptive. Um, It was never a concern with the government. It's mostly because the clients themselves don't want to go too far out of the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. And I the see. reason is because I think that there is a uh, a belief. Now, I, I can't tell you whether or not this is still accurate. I don't know if this belief is reality. Uh, but this is a belief amongst uh, our clients. It's that the Vietnamese public, they prefer... Uh, brands that don't really stand out that much in that way. Like, like the, they think that the Vietnamese public uh, have low tolerance for uh for 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 things like that relatively more conservative you think yeah yeah things like that but now yeah. obviously if your only windows into vietnamese market is like tiktok for example you will say that it's getting a lot more out there in terms of content um but it's hard to convince the or the the clients of this like they they rather stay a little bit more on the safer side of things mm-hmm. whereas um mm-hmm. you know like the cases that we have seen successfully executed for example i'm sure you guys know of the um direct social campaign i listened the, to your podcast about that yeah yeah okay yeah. um yeah. i don't know how popular it is amongst your demographic on of this podcast but um it was pretty much one of the first time that we had uh, uh you know something that's like that out there in terms of message like like talking about um you know safe sex and things like that is is actually uh-huh. uh, pretty unprecedented in vietnamese advertising and uh i mean if you've heard the podcast you would know that like the legal team was really worried like they yeah. were yeah but there was nothing from the government ever like they they don't deem it too mm. risque mm. that they need to be involved um the only thing that we would be a bit careful about is anything that's politically uh charged like you don't want to imply anything that could be read as carrying a political message but that's about it yep yeah and i think that's okay. that's what we adopt in this podcast as well <laughs> we don't talk anything about <laughs> politics yeah just, just stay away from that unless <laughs> you have unless you have really good vpn like unless you can make sure <laughs> that no one knows where you upload from 
Okay, let's let's move on. <laughs> We've got to move on. Um, okay, so fascinating. And for the benefit of our listeners as well as for us, really, shall we just start like from the very start when a client has a brief or an idea? How does it get passed down to different agencies? Do you go through a bidding or proposal process? What's it like? And then how do you start working with the client? Um, okay, be really keen to know about that process. Okay, uh, yeah, the process is. Um Pretty straightforward. Like the clients, first they they have to do is secure a budget for a marketing campaign, uh, and uh, they usually yeah. do, do like the the main part of working in the client side of things. Mm-hmm. Usually, is you do a lot of of um, like data scouring and analysis. You do the part where you figure out what the customer wants. That's okay. that's what you do in 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 the client uh, side of of marketing. Mm-hmm. So they would do a lot of research. They have you know their data coming back from their last year's sales. They got R and D working on a new products, whatever it is. And they say, okay, this is what our customer wants. Now we need to let them have it. And what they'll do is they'll create, they'll they'll write up a brief for us. Now, what is in the brief would usually be uh, an introduction to the the brand and the product, what the product is mm-hmm. about, uh, who their target audience is, like who like who are the people that they think will want this product, yep. uh, how much time they got. And, and how much money they got basically so that's that's all the information that's in the brief oh okay then, so they, they state out the budget right away well that's the ideal situation now we we like clients like that <laughs> we are manifesting <laughs> manifesting all of this positive energy out there so that all of my future clients disclose their budget from the start <laughs> um but no they don't always do that uh, even though they should, mm-hmm. so um, a lot of the time, what they would do is they 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 could get let you know, like they could tell you like an approximate range, like mm-hmm. how much they would be willing to invest, um, or sometimes they would make it like unofficial, like they if you have a good account. Like someone who mm. who is like who's got a good relationship with the client, you can get like numbers under the table. Like you can try and get it in different ways. Yeah. Um. But there, there, there. There's a lot of guesswork involved as well. Sometimes when you yeah. get a brief. So what you would have to do is like you look at you know how much they're selling their product for, how long this campaign is, how important it is to the brand. So for example, if like. If Samsung approach you for a campaign and it's their flagship new Galaxy S25 or whatever, mm-hmm. then you right. know they can spend. You know, like this is a big client. This is yeah. a big campaign. Their product is like highly anticipated. They got you know built-in fan base, all that stuff. You know that this campaign is a big deal. You can charge a lot more, mm-hmm. but. If it's like you know a local brand, um, they come to you with like just this 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 new product that they're launching. Um, it's gonna run in like two three months. Yeah, you kind of you kind of tell that like okay, these guys are not gonna have enough money to spend. It's not gonna be anything too extravagant. Um, you, they want something practical. They want something effective. And uh, you know, the less money, the the better. Like there's there's some guesswork involves and you yeah. kind of trying to figure it out along the way with like experience and uh, clients relationships and things like that do do these briefs tend to be competitive or are they mainly just for your agency and that's it 
Oh no, they they're definitely uh, most of the time they're pitching based uh, oh, okay. like briefs. Yeah, like the the clients usually contact uh, two or three or four agencies at a time. In most corporations, this pitching this pitching process is pretty much mandatory. So like even if you've had really good like track record with this one agency like you've worked with them before you really like them the team's really professional does really great job or whatever mm-hmm. but anytime they have a new campaign they still have to start the bid the bidding process from the beginning because that process is like mandatory for big corporations because um they want they want everything to be like transparent and and, and fair mm-hmm. yeah so like for example with Unilever even though we we pretty much work with them every year on multiple projects with multiple sub brands that they got mm-hmm. but i mean about 10 only 10% of them uh, were directly given to us uh, the other 90 we still pretty much have to go through the whole bidding process and then wait for the results like everyone else mm-hmm fascinating i mean i'd be really keen to be in the client's shoe just to see the results of the bids that i get to see the <laughs> range of the uh, of the suggested Look, pricing I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that uh what what you what you give is what you get really like if a client oh. knows very clearly what they want mm-hmm. and they're very clear on that expectation then more often than not they'll get uh, proposals that are uh, more that, that are just better in general, just mm-hmm. more more feasible. Um, they solve their problem uh, more effectively, things like that. Uh, if you're a client who are you know they 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 don't give you enough information, they're a bit you know they they, they guard the information a bit close lo- yeah, too closely bit vague, to the right? chest, a bit vague. Then you're not like a lot of the time they they get you know not very good results. Just on the bidding process, right? If I'm a, a budget conscious client, mm-hmm. I would have a, a thought. I would say, okay, let's let's give this request for proposal or let's put this requirement out there, brief out there to all the companies, hear their pitches, pick the best feature in each of those mm-hmm. and give it to the lowest cost company. <laughs> <laughs> well, would that work? There there are two things to that. Number one is that those things like do they do happen? You, you come across yeah. things like that uh, every once in a while. It, it, it does happen. And it's it's the nature of, of the work. There's nothing to stop them from happening. Like this industry mm. works based on trust and, and, yeah. and credibility a lot of the time. So a lot of the time when we do uh, proposals for pitching, like we, even if we don't know whether or not we will get to do this, we still do, like we still have to do um, demo, like we have to mock up all of the designs. Mm-hmm. We still have to yeah. write up, you know, demo articles and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's so a lot of effort, we, isn't it? Yeah, we do put in a lot of effort and the, the outcome a lot of the time is pretty, like it's, it's almost like some uh, like 70, 80% done. Like you can, you can develop the rest pretty easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if the clients do want to do that, they can. Yeah. Um, and they, they have been cases where they do that so that that's just you know that's another tuesday you just got to deal with it um but then yeah. secondly um it's not just about having the idea though like for someone who works in creative i would really like to take all of the credits saying that oh you have a good idea then your advertising campaign definitely gonna come back a roaring success 
but most of the time it's not like you have to quality control a lot of things along the way like what people mm. don't understand is like you've got the idea on paper but the process of carrying it out is a uh, like way longer yeah. and like way more difficult process so um like from the idea like from the script of a, a, a music video for example in order to mm. execute yes. the whole thing mm-hmm. working with you know which crew you're going to work with which director you're going to work with and then once you got the the actual outcome the actual video which channel are you going to air it on um how you're going to promote it which celebrities which kols are you going to work with a lot of these things take you know experience and and expertise and that's what the that's what the the, the pricing is for like for big uh-huh. agencies like for for my company for example we've been around for like 14 15 years i'm pretty sure we're one of the oldest longest established um PR agency mm. in in the country mm-hmm. so mm. we have we have the, the 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 network we have the people we have the skills to guarantee that anything we propose will be executed as closely to the plan as possible and will yield as best a result as they can expect mm-hmm. but another agency might not be able to they might have they might charge you less they might take less money to do the same task but whether Uh or not you get the same quality whether or not you get the same results is um is up for debate and so as a result even though clients still try to pull you know dickish moves (laughs) um it usually can't happen more than once or twice like they'll they'll either do it and then get really bad results that they would regret later and Mm -hmm. then Uh just you know get back to doing it the proper way and then secondly uh, clients who do that like the advertising industry in vietnam is very small and very tight-knit we we know people um and most of the agencies Uh that work in the same category like like most pr agencies would know one another most digital agencies would know each other like we just think like words travel you know so if you (laughs) If you have a reputation of just doing things like that, then it's it's only gonna you know it's gonna take once or twice before most people will know and no one will want to work with you anymore. So no, yeah, no, no, year long. Yes, I, like don't don't I won't do that now. Don't, <laughs> don't pull one. I was of those. gonna do it. <laughs> no, it's interesting. Quick. Um, I, I, yeah, I guess to summarize, uh, my understanding is you know aside from the idea, it's the different capabilities that you bring to the table in order to convey the idea and bring it to Definitely. life. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And it's not mm. like every single agency would be able to do so. So yeah, re- it really depends on the differentiating capability of each agency. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. just to finish off this point. Is there a way or is there an intention for agencies to minimize this risk then of losing their quote unquote IP or, you know, their idea in the proposal stage? So are you looking towards a future of you, you know, giving away less idea or high level ideas instead of going to details in terms of the scripts and the music videos and, you know, what's going to happen? Or it's just how the industry works and you're just going to have to go relatively all out in the proposal stage in order to win the work? Um, there, there, are two, there are two scenarios, basically. Um, for us, like for BizEyes, we, like I said, we're pretty established. We're pretty reputable. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, we have our 
like we we have a number of clients like that we are very secured so we we're pretty much like we have we have the privilege to pick and choose a little bit so um mm. our account team keep a list of clients that like that are kind of risky to work with and and um <laughs> yeah. yeah like like sometimes when we are called in for bidding we have the the the, the capability to say no like we mm-hmm. just say like yeah we're not going to join this one uh you know uh, either yeah. we already are overload like we got enough clients to serve already or you know we just we don't feel secure working with this clients like it, it happens uh yeah like if if we've heard you know if they've done something shady before we don't want to we don't want to risk it then we can just turn it down like we can just turn the whole bidding process down um mm-hmm. but obviously that's not applicable to all agencies there are a lot of uh, boutique agencies in vietnam like they're they're new they're startup they mm-hmm. have fewer people and they have fewer clients so they need yep. like every chance they they, they, that comes across they need to take it um, okay. for those agencies okay. though that, that the risk is way higher and um, there, there's really nothing they can do to really stop that whole thing from happening because um, the nature of the work is that clients are really brilliant mind in terms of in terms of strategy like in order to work in um, the marketing in-house department of any uh, company you usually have to have good strategic mindset you usually have to have good marketing foundation knowledge and things like that but a lot of people aren't very good visualizer (laughs) so um, they they, they're brilliant in thinking of you know strategy and, and directions for this that the other thing but you tell them that oh we're gonna create this music video and the genre of the mm. music is gonna be this like 2000 R&B beats with this style of stop motion like whatever <laughs> like you can describe it all day long they're not gonna yeah. be able to visualize it like they just mm. they just can't like their minds aren't used to that sort of thing yeah so if you really want to get the the job if you really want to sell your ideas and make it like appealing you have to visualize it you have to make it as close to the final outcome as, as possible so that they can can you know so that the clients can visualize it and and you know sign off on it so basically what happens like i think in the case of like minimizing risk it's easier for bigger agencies and a lot harder for more smaller agencies and um it pretty much comes with the the job like that's just the nature of of the work mm-hmm Fascinating. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to the first episode of Convo Comrades with our special guest, Kim. We talked about all the definitions and concepts of marketing and advertising and a little sneak peek into uh, what's working in advertising industries like. Thank you for listening. Join us, follow us on Convo Comrades, all platforms, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcast. And uh, as for now, bye-bye. <laughs>